Bar Podcast Network presents A Guy, A Bride, and a Bible. Grab your Bible and your person. Mark, he's the guy. Andrea, she's the bride. Open up and read along. Good morning, bride. Hello. You ever have one of those days? I don't know if I'm asking you or our listener. I am in love with you today in such a big way. I just can't even get over it. I am I am feeling it deeply today. Mm. So y'all, uh, I am covered in dog hair. You are not. Hold on. I'm just saying like how, how... Extra special <laughs> it is to hear that because it's been a very busy week. It's only Wednesday. Um, and I'm, I'm not feeling, I'm not, it's not like I have my makeup all done and I'm. Yeah, there will be no yeah. YouTube channel of this recording. Yeah. So it's just very, very <laughs> sweet because I, I didn't know what you were going to say. I thought you were going to say something like, I'm just excited about life and God, you know. Well, so, I am excited about that, but I am. But you know how so. it is like when somebody says something really really nice and you're really feeling like not great and you're like huh and it just shifts your mind so men you and you look amazing in your me your my, green t-shirt my oldest t-shirt i have but you're handsome i am i am blessed because of you he has the the really lovey eyes right now it's very very sweet mm. you hear how deep my voice sounds well, it's fine. Drink some more coffee. Yeah. Get it in you. As this, as this episode is recorded, I will get my I'll start talking faster and with a higher, higher pitch. Yeah. We're kind of. I kind of like this though. Like, let's have our coffee. Let's chat. And get to reading. And just hanging out with us. We are. At breakfast. So our reading this morning, um, we're going to finish off Colossians two. Uh, my uh, two sixteen through the end of the chapter. And we'll take our time uh, getting through that. And mine's titled The Danger of False Wisdom. It's my little header on it there, which is, this is just such a jam right now in mm-hmm. our in our era. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, open in prayer. Mm-hmm. Would you open us in prayer, Brian? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for just giving us a new day. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. I pray that we can focus, especially me, I've got my mind on all these different things for work. Help me to just put that aside and focus on learning about you. And um, thank you for your word. Thank you for um, even the way that we're learning about this in our church as well, about wisdom. Just thank you that you offer wisdom to anybody who seeks it. It's not something that only certain people can have. Thank you for your patience. And thank you for our time together as a couple. Um, please bless this time and help us to get closer as well. Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't that kind of cool you. though? Like the wisdom thing, that seems like it's kind of a theme. A little bit, yeah. We're doing like a deep dive into Proverbs. It oh, was yeah. so good. Pastor on was on fire and on Sunday. So guys, the reason, I'm just going to be honest, I'm teaching this incredibly challenging class. And so, and I'm taking a class, so my brain is constantly just thinking of all these different things. And so at church, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to just really, really focus, but I had, you know, I found myself 
um, wandering a little bit. And then I was like, whoa. And he just held your attention yeah. and he was so passionate about it. And it was really just about um, wisdom and um, really seeking Christ mm-hmm. daily and by prayer and being in the word and um, just not saying it kind of flippantly, but just yeah. really doing that. It was uh, Proverbs 4. Yeah. And it was, Which I've read a million times, but sure. it, it makes you, just like this, it makes you like read it closer. 4.23 was our, our verse. Our um, anchor. Our anchor verse. I actually had Emily do an exercise on that yesterday. Oh. Because Emily was a little distracted during the service. Mm-hmm. So I had her write it out yesterday. I didn't get a chance to tell you this. I'm sorry for our listener who is bored by this. Um, but I had her write out by hand the verse 423 and then in her little journal and then I wanted her to go back through it and list the things that she needs to guard her heart against. Because mm. it says, 423 says, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. Mm. And we talked about what that looks like. And I said, you need to write down a list of the things that you need to guard your heart against Oh yeah, he talked about what are the the. Uh, You're the note taker. The something sins. The besetting sins. And I have never really thought of what besetting means. I've heard it, but yeah. the things that really your particular vulnerabilities, the things that can really. They be upsetting sins, is what they be. <laughs> That's one. Someone put that out there. The be upsetting sins. <laughs> oh my gosh! Coffee's so, kicking in. Yeah. Um, but Emily did that. She listed, I think, four or five things. I know uh, gossip was one of them. Um, performance was one of them. And once she was done with the list, I said, now I want you to go through the Bible and find verses about those and write each verse out. How was it? Well, she tried to use her little concordance in the back. I think she got a little bit of footing. And they said, Dad, can I use the c- computer to really mm-hmm. do a deeper dive? And I said, sure. Yeah. So I just went to Bible.com. So she liked it okay? She really did. And she, she did. She really likes to dig in, which I, I think is really cool. Well, I I think it helped her yesterday. Her her attitude for the day didn't go sideways. Good. Until you got her to dance. But that was different. Well, she got through that too. Yes, she did. All right. <clears throat> Colossians. Here we go. Thank you, everybody, by the way, uh, for our new format. The little bit of feedback I got was that everyone's liking the way we're doing it. Um, So thank you. Uh, Just to remind you, if you have any questions or comments, um, email us at aguybridebiblepod at mail.com. Here we go. Colossians 2.16. Therefore, do not let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink. Or in respect to a festival, new moon, or Shabbat. That would be the Sabbath. These are foreshadowing of things to come. But the reality is the Messiah, Jesus. Let no one disqualify you by insisting on false humility and worship of angels. Going into detail about what he has seen. Puffed up without cause by his earthly mind or his flesh. He is not holding fast to the head who is Christ. It is from him that the whole body, nourished and held together by its joints and tendons, grows with a godly increase. If you died with Messiah to the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to its rules? I'm going to turn the rest over to you. Verse 21. 
don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destined to perish by being used up. They are human commands and doctrines. Although these have a reputation for wisdom by promoting self-made religion, false humidity, and severe treatment of the body, they are not of any value in curbing self-indulgence. Did you say humidity? I know it's humid here. Humility. In Texas. <laughs> I, I said I, humility. I thought I heard humidity. Oh my gosh. Like we've been in Texas. <laughs> it has been humid. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit on the background for this part. He's really addressing a lot of um, Jewish law and custom being imposed on Gentile for sure. Mm-hmm. The the if we go back just a little bit, um, it's interesting because there's no real hard connection uh, previous to this in verses like eleven through sixteen. Um, but he this is the therefore part, and of course, as every pastor that's a hundred years old or younger. They'll say, if you see therefore, go back and see what it's there for. Yes. Because it's that natural progression. So we're moving into, don't let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink or respect to a festival or new moon or Sabbath. I have been accused of judging. I have. Even very recently. I have. I'm not going to go into great detail about it. But I, I, I posted a comment to something. I'm not going to say what the comment was, but I posted something that really concerned me uh, about a uh, social media post, and it was by a very young uh, Christian. Uh, A statement was made that really supported what Paul said of, do not be quick to lay hands on the immature believer. Um, This person had posted something that really kind of... um, made me pause and say, based on your lifestyle that you're putting out there for all to see on social media, you're really not, your lifestyle is betraying the statement you made. So I made a statement about that. And I got almost a hundred people that made a a comment back to me uh, of support of some sort. I got about five people who said, don't judge. You don't know what they're going through, don't judge. What, What I said really, I did not judge them in terms of you're going to, uh, you're violating this or you're violating that. You're, I did not judge them. I criticized them. And I think sometimes when we criticize in our day and age, especially when you're a Christian, you say something publicly, the shutdown mechanism is don't judge. But Paul's not really referring to that. He's actually saying to the Christian, don't give people the um, uh, the the bullets of judgment against you. It says, therefore, don't let anyone pass judgment on your matters of food or drink. So he's talking about Levitical law. He's talking about things that have to do with, hey, if somebody comes against you and they're saying this or that, don't don't be in a place to receive that kind of judgment. And we can easily take this out of context. We can misapply this as well. But I think some people even use this to defend uh, using parts of the world, if you will, in their own lifestyle. There's some people who, Christians, who um, they might struggle with smoking, for example. And I grew up, 
um, my parents smoked when I was a little kid. They didn't come to Christ till I was, you know, five, six, seven years old. And you can be a Christian who smokes too. And that's what I was about to say. Christians, there are plenty of Christians who smoke um, because it's a horrible addiction, right? Yeah. Um, there are a lot of Christian men who decided, I remember this happened in the 90s. I don't know where it came from, um, but Christian. <laughs> oh, man, if you listen to this, you know who you are. I will say mostly white Christian men uh, in the 90s, especially if they were in Christian music, decided that they were going to, A, start smoking cigars. Oh, and B, start riding Harley Davidson. I kid you not, man. All these, I'm just like, what is going on in the Christian marketplace right now to see all these guys like, yeah, I'm going to saddle up, smoke Stuggy, going to ride the hog. I'm just cracking. I'm a young 20-something-year-old guy just like, what just happened here? They came out of nowhere. And I... I guess that might have been a, a time I was judging people like, really, you're going to call yourself Christian and try to be, you're not even being authentic right now. I mean, I was just such a punk, such a punk. Anyway, I'm just throwing that out there as um, some Christians might even take this as liberty. Um, but I don't think Paul is saying, hey, you could have the liberty to interact this way. I think Paul's going the opposite direction. He's like, hey, don't let people, don't give them room to judge you because um, the way you're acting you're, you're here to represent Christ. This isn't about piety or holiness either. This is about authenticity in Christ. Go ahead. Look like you got something. No. Okay. Well, I was going to ask, what do you think he means by... Can you give an example of what do you think he meant by the false humility? Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> 18. Although no one disqualify you by insisting on false humility and worship of angels... Going okay, so let's break it down. False humility, we know exactly what that is, right? When people are feigning that modesty, that false humility of, oh no, it's they're actually really promoting themselves. We see it today where people they may um, give openly to a cause, but everyone knows about it. Oh, okay, and look how sweet they're being, you know, look, look at that, look how Mark just totally. Man, he just went up to... How do you know? Oh, he posted it on Instagram. And that's why it's false, because they're it, actually doing it It's to, still promotion. Yeah. Even True if humility is invisibility. Okay. You so, know. and nothing against you if you if you have um, chosen to donate your money or anything. But <laughs> that's like, not what we're talking about. But in the... Well, in, it's, in it's the, the academic the, setting, though... Yeah. Um, they're... Uh, you have to have self-promotion academics. Well, no, no. I'm just saying, like, for donors. Like, it's got to be really, really hard. I mean, I don't have a billion dollars. Um, but it's got to be really mm. hard if you give a gift. Because it's a, it's a really big gift to give. And so people, of course, want to thank you for it. But I think that would be difficult if you knew that, like, you gave, like, millions of dollars and they're naming a building after you. I don't think the people that give the money say you have to name a building after me. But they can say, but I, don't name a building after me. Yeah. So I'm not saying if you've do, if you've donated millions of dollars and it has your name on it, I'm not saying like that's bad. But I think that would be a situation where I think it, it would be really, you'd have to be really cautious yeah. and really intentional to not. But people that like do a little thing and like, you know, when we watch things on like Instagram and they're yeah. like, look at me doing this really nice thing. It's like, 
why not just do the nice thing? Yeah, don't you know? even post it. Um, so it is kind of, I just think we, anybody can fall prey to that. Like I can do something nice for somebody and really just love that. Thank you. Yeah. Even that is false humility, right? Yeah. But this is also, I think Paul might also be addressing because Jesus even talked about this just a little bit when he said they're in the temple courts and Jesus says to his disciples, Hey, watch this. See that woman over there? What, what she just put in. And they're like, man, she just, like a couple coins. All right, now watch this guy. Right. And, and he's all done up because that's what they did, man. The Pharisees, the wealthy, they did it up. They came in with a parade of people and they dropped massive amounts of money into the box. And then Jesus like, who gave the most? Mm-hmm. And like the dude who's dressed up, no, he didn't give anything. Because it, didn't, it yeah. didn't actually cost him. She gave everything. Mm-hmm. And then you got the guy praying, oh, God, thank you for not making me like this tax collector. Yeah. You know, that's That kind of self-promotion in the name of humility is definitely false. Or if he talked about um, if you fast. Yeah, don't Like, don't, don't make yourself it. look like you're miserable and you're starving to just show how, yeah. to show how um, dedicated you are. That's it. That's okay, part of that it, right? That helps me just to kind of think about what he's talking about. Jesus made it a point. And we definitely don't struggle with that today. So that's good. <laughs> well, it's good that that's all gone. When Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, I, I know this very well because my dad made it a point growing up that I don't know how many times he said this. But he said, when you do, Jesus said, when you, and my dad loved the King James, when you give alms, nobody uses that word anymore. When you give alms mm-hmm. to the poor, do not let your left hand know what, right what your right hand is doing. Keep it secret so that your father can reward you. Because if you do it so that other people will reward you because of the praise of their lips, mm-hmm. you've received your reward. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's all you're getting. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who do good, wide open, that's their reward. Mm-hmm. Where people go, did you see that guy on Instagram? Yeah. Oh my gosh, he was fantastic. That's his reward. Well, you know, I wish I could have met your parents, but I think I really, you had that modeled really well because you told me things that your parents did and nobody knew. No. Right? They don't have any buildings named after them. But I'm saying, even like you said that, like they did, like gave Christmas gifts to the kids and like, and your dad would like refurbish things. Did he make it? Did he like. No, he refused to let anybody. I was, I knew because I was with him. Okay. Because so, he would like take something broken and fix it and give it to mm-hmm. somebody that needed it. Yeah. So I think it's really cool that you have those stories as an example, even for the, for the girls, right? Yeah, exactly. To be able to talk about like, this is what it looks like. Yeah. All right. So that's the, that's my modeling here of what false humility might look like. Right. It's actually I just thought it was kind of cool to really think about. Yeah. It's masquerading well, arrogance. It's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But we see that happening in in those in that era, Paul's talking about both in the Greek and in the Jew. Um, so Paul's saying, but in Messiah, it's not that way. In Christ, how did Christ come? And we see that in Philippians. Okay, moving on. But the reality, I'm sorry, um, for the fortune, let no one disqualify you um, in, by insisting on false humility. That's important. Don't you can be disqualified of participating in Messiah by doing things for yourself by yourself is what Paul's referring to. I don't want to be disqualified. I want to do it the way Jesus has it mapped out. And this is what Paul's encouraging us to do. But the reality is Messiah, right? 
All right, the worship of angels. And here's the definition of what that looks like. He's got a little little slash here in my, in my Bible. Going into detail by what he has seen, puffed up without cause by his fleshly mind. So what do you think worship of angels would be then? What do you, I mean, it's in today's vernacular as well as then, but today especially. Well, couldn't it, I'm, maybe I'm going too general, but couldn't it be worship of anything except for Jesus? Well, no, I, not in this specific one. He's actually talking about um, the unseen. Because what is happening in, in the culture of Colossae plus all the other eras in that time, we're talking Roman gods, Roman paganism, Greek gods, Greek paganism. There's a lot of false religion going on that people are worshiping. But this is specific, the worship of angels. We have that today. We really do. There are churches that produce angel cards. Oh, yeah. Like tarot cards. Yeah. But they're called angel cards. And they actually do a tarot reading using angel cards now. There are churches that have done this. Churches and that sell, claim Christ. And sell them. And, and make money sell them. them. And give you classes on how to do them. That is the extreme version of the worship of angels. But there are some now. Man, i got to be careful. Um, who may in fact pray to angels. And there's nowhere in scripture that says we're to pray to angels because that could be lofty to the point of worship. And Paul, I'm sorry, not Paul. Let me go back to Daniel. We see an interaction in Daniel of uh, a Christophany on the other side of the river. And um, whenever we see a Christophany in scripture or theophany uh, in the Old Testament and the person receiving that, let's say it's even Joshua, right? They fall down in worship of that image. And when it's an angel, that angel will always say in scripture, uh, get up, don't be afraid, get up. They don't want worship. Oh yeah, yeah, true. But when it's when a it's, Christophany, when it's like when, when Joshua goes before the, that stranger dressed for battle, says, who are you, friend or foe? It's, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. Joshua hits the ground and does mm -hmm. not get corrected. So, so it's, it's elevating things and giving them what is only to be given to Jesus. That's right. And God. That's right. Mm -hmm. Worship is only meant for Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Jews get it right. And that's where the Gentiles are learning to get it right. But false religions are permeating throughout the first century church and still today. But we have to make sure that we're not pursuing angels. Mm -hmm. We're not worshiping angels. Now, remember back in Acts when Peter gets thrown in jail and then the move of God happens and the angel sets him free and Peter goes running to the house and knocks on the door. And the slave girl opens the door looks, and, and she goes running back to her. She goes, I think Peter's angel's out there because it looks just like him, but he's in prison. So they open up the door. That gives us an insight to the culture. They did believe in angels. They did see angels. However, a lot of people would worship angels because mm -hmm. they're mystical, mm -hmm. right? And we, but this is what we know. The devil appears as an angel of light. Mm -hmm. And we have plenty of people today that worship angels. They really do. They talk about praying to this angel, that angel. My grandma's an angel now that she's dead. And there's a lot of misunderstanding of what the 
angelic hosts are to do, be, and look like. Mm -hmm. um, for those of you who want a deeper dive, please go see Michael Heiser. Well, I was going to say, um, there's some, it could be very dangerous. It's one Super thing, dangerous. it's one thing to just kind of be misguided, but because, um, of that unseen realm and because of, um, this deceit yeah. that can happen, yeah. if you don't have discernment, it might go from something that's just not healthy to actually like giving something like a stronghold or giving yeah. it like access you got it. Yeah. You nailed so, it. Yeah. Um, and then going into detail about what he has seen, puffed up without cause by his fleshly mind. Um, I think it's clear that if you could take 10 minutes and peruse social media, you'll find plenty of false teachers who do just this very thing where they are like, um, I had this dream and this is going to be my sermon. I'm going to preach this dream. I'm going to tell you this fantastically God told me and me alone. Um, this is the kind of stuff that we're talking about when Paul's addressing it here, going into detail. They're going into great detail with you. See, how many times have you and I caught a clip of somebody preaching something? I'm like, baby, you got to see this. Mm -hmm. Very detailed, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have heard so many different accounts of the throne room of heaven mm -hmm. and what it looks like. I'm like, well, I didn't read that in Revelation. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's not there. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where people can either by their own machinations, like that, I use the word, their own creation and imagination of what they want it to look like and then claim it from God. Or like you just said, they are worshiping something angelic and unseen and it's giving them that image in their mind. And so they start speaking about it and teaching from it mm -hmm. and they're abandoning Messiah. And the heart is deceitful above all things. Above all things, hi, Jeremiah. And that's why we're supposed to check, uh, yep. like, have an interpreter for things, yep. you know, and check in with, with people and see if they are, um, like, our our church does, we haven't been able to go because of children, but our we have a prayer service. Yeah, last and, night. Um, well, every Tuesday, yeah. Yep. But they, um, <clears throat> the first time that, they, they had a time where they were, um, Saying if you feel like there's something that you feel like is meant to be shared. Because yeah. I do think that there are things that God impresses on our hearts, obviously. Sure. Um, but they said, before you share it to this whole group, you know, hundreds of people, um, we want you to check in with one of the leadership yeah. um, to see if, because we're supposed to. That doesn't mean like, oh, we're so much better than you. We're the hyper-spiritual people. Um, but if you are going to influence everybody here... We, we need to make sure, yeah, and um, and I want that. Like, I yeah. don't want to act on something that's not from God or that could actually be harmful. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's part of what this is too. Is just like, yeah. well, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to verify and almost taking like offense at mm -hmm. something that we're actually instructed to do. Yes, and and you just you just put us right into verse nineteen. Mm -hmm. The contrast between the guy who's teaching puffed up without cause by his fleshly mind. So he's very arrogant, puffed mm -hmm. up. 19 says he is not holding fast to the head. The head of the body is Christ. Mm -hmm. It is from him the whole body, nourished and held together by joints and tendons, grows with a godly increase. And you, doctor, this is, I love it when Paul goes into you know medical terms because you can Okay, I'm not it. a doctor. I am a... She's a doctor. I have a doctorate. I'm not actually. There's people in California who are like 
losing their license for <laughs> treating people and going by the name doctor. California, well, that's illegal. I believe it. But you're, yeah. you're anyway. she's a doctor of uh, nursing practice. Okay, anyway. All right. Um, so we get that good imagery, though, that a healthy body that is nourished, what does it look like, right? Mm-hmm. He goes into letting us know that everything is joined together, everything works functionally, and it has no issues. And that's a good image of a person who is, you know, part of the the body of Christ. Right. Who? What does yours say for like the last part? Of verse nineteen. Yeah. Um, it is from him that the whole body, nourished, held together by its joints and tendons, grows with a godly increase. So. <clears throat> just a little bit different, but I, I love it when things are worded a little different to make yeah. you kind of look at it, but grows with growth from God. Grows with growth from God. So we can't grow just because, you know, on our own power. Yeah. Um, it's a system that yeah. God put in place for our mm-hmm. growth. Yeah. I had a long time ago, <clears throat> early 90s pastor preached a sermon. I've never forgotten it because of the, the, the little phrase that was in it. And I don't know if he was original with it. Here's the phrase. Healthy things grow. Growing things change. And changing things challenge. How about that? Healthy things grow. Even if it's cancer, you, you in the medical field. That's not healthy. Right? The cancer can't grow if it's not healthy. It's destroying everything around it. But it's getting nourished by whatever to make it grow, right? Okay. So anything that grows has something causing the growth. Has Whether a, it's a source. Tree, a source. Yeah. Of... It has a source giving it um, life, if you will. Okay. So healthy things grow. That's a fact of scientific mm-hmm. evidence. And as it grows, it changes. The the tomato plants that we have with you, you just saw this morning as we're walking by, and we got really excited when you saw them because yeah. they're huge now all of a sudden, like overnight. And I, our chickens, I, our chickens are growing. I kill everything, and so to see how a green without looks. definitely well, no, I'm saying without any nothing like special that I did, you know, or you did. No. So, um, be, and that's because it's we can't force things to grow on our own. That's right. Like we can support. And God does the rest. Right. So growing things change. Our plants are changing. Our chickens are now pullets. Mm-hmm. Our little chicks have no more of the fur, as mm-hmm. you like to call it. Mm-hmm. They're all feathery, they're and so they're getting bigger. Mm-hmm. They're outside now. They're in their coop. They're knowing to go up and down. So and they're growing. continuing to change. Yes. They're not. They're going to continue to. Yeah. We don't even know. They're not at maturity yet. We don't even know if my beautiful one is a rooster. Georgia could Talk be Talk about George. a change. I know. Georgia could be a George. Yeah. Um, but the, the healthy things that grow, the growing things then change, right? But then change also brings challenge. If we who are being affected by change don't, um, don't change with it, then we'd be challenged. Well, let's use the garden again. If I don't put the tomato cages around the tomato plants, they'll fall over. So Mm -hmm. I'm challenged to change my participation in that by giving it structure that's a challenge when a family grows when a child grows you have to your challenge as a parent to change the way you parent from infant to, to 16 year old to adapt yeah so changing things do challenge us we got challenged by moving from uh, the pacific northwest to here because culturally it's completely different than our two locations 
you're um, you're, you're in your um, third university. And they are not the same. You've had three different unique experiences. Yeah. And you yeah. have changed and you have to learn, in each one. Yeah, you have to learn the culture. And you've grown in each one of them as, as a professor. Mm-hmm. Because, so, of, because of that. Yeah. So that's where we have that, that part of um, grows with a godly increase or grows with God's growth. Those growing things change and challenge us. And God meant it that way. God always means it that way. We're not the same people when we started this journey in Christ. All right, moving on. Um, this is a big deal. Um, Twenty. If you died with Messiah, I want you to read your version though. If you died, if you died with Christ to the elements of this world, why do you live as if you still belonged to the world? And I'll I'll leave you all with that. Have a good day. Oh man, mm-hmm. this is his mic drop moment. Well, this also, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to like go into the weeds too much, but it's also like when Paul says like I do what I don't want to do. Like, it's that, there is that tension to like, okay. I'm not saying that, so that that's where it's, it's a, it's a challenge. And yes. so I like that he's saying like, you don't, basically you don't have to live like that. Well, Paul, those two verses, just real quickly, Paul's saying that, um, in this example, if you died with Christ, mm-hmm. we hate saying that, right? How many people do you hear messages saying, listen, you died, you died with Christ, right? Um, it's not, it's not Christ. It's not me who lives. It's Christ in me. Paul talks about that. Paul talks very much about that identity. However, in today's Christianity, we don't talk that way. We don't talk that way at all. And it's a shame we don't. Because we have rights. We have... It's Christ um, second. I'm first. Mm-hmm. I have to have this image. I have to look this way. I name ministries after myself. You know? But well, Paul, what Paul, I'm saying... Well, I'm getting to where you go. Okay. I'm sorry. I just wanted a little establishment. Um, if you died with Messiah to the basic principles of this world. So the world sets up these standards, but I don't follow those standards. I don't live according to that way because I'm, I'm over here dead with Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that has no bearing on me. That sin, that style, that, that temptation, that whatever it is, mm-hmm. I'm not part of that system anymore. I'm not going there. I'm just saying that that is that can be really challenging. Yeah. And that can, that's all I was saying. Yeah. Because it's not this automatic thing. And I think sometimes, sometimes people think like, it's all going to be perfect now that I am a Christian. Like it's a true there, there are challenges that are to come, but I just like that he's addressing it and really giving encouragement on how to, to make that happen. Well, 20 and 21. Um, if you, as we're going to put those two together there, um, that res- that goes right back to 16. Do not let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink or a festival or new moon. Mm-hmm. And then if we could skip that whole middle part and just say, if you died with Messiah, the principles of this world, as the, um, we're not of the world, but we're in the world, not of the world, do you subject yourself to his rules? Don't handle this. Don't taste this. Don't touch this. He's, all, he's, he's keeping it all together. We're not subject to the world to religion we are subject to christ and christ alone Mm -hmm. and if we go after the experience of religion we lose what christ did because we can't earn salvation we Mm -hmm. can't earn our heavenly place we can't earn anything we can um calvin said that the only thing that i have to do with my salvation is the sin from which i am saved 
and Paul's kind of talking about if you're going to not eat bacon and say that that pleases God, mm-hmm. you're missing the point of not eating bacon. I'm, I'm being very elemental in that, but the elementary in that, but we have, we have a freedom in Christ that he talks about. We have all this where we don't have to be subject to man's rules because there's over 600 Levitical rules Mm -hmm. and that didn't come from God. That came from rabbis Mm -hmm. that these Judaizers are really in pursuit of, you know, so anyway, um, so we're supposed to be really, because in the end, just to kind of wrap it up, um, all these things, all these like added things and this false humidity and hum- <laughs> humility. I swear that's what you said the first humility, time. Um, and severe treatment. So like all these practices yeah. are actually distracting us from what we need to be doing. Correct. And yeah. and at the yeah. end of it, um, they're not any value in actually curbing self-indulgence because you're actually like feeding self-indulgence by like doing all these extra things. Yeah. And so, um, to me, it's, it's also like, it tells us like why to be like set apart. Yeah. Like don't get pulled into all these rules and all these, um, added things because it's actually not going to accomplish anything. It's actually going to hurt you. Kind of yeah. like we talked about last right. week about like the Enneagram stuff about like if you're turning all your attention to to focusing so. on all this and um then it's actually distracting you from the the key things that you need to focus on. I agree completely. The 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 image I had as we're going through this was um now I can't think of the actual term for it. Uh, the imagery is in um, the Da Vinci Code with Tom Hanks, the movie back in the day. I never saw it. There is a, um, a this crazy um, assassin, the bad guy, who is a religious fanatic. That is, he is like the muscle. He's like the assassin, but he is a. Uh, a, you know, a brown robe wearing monk looking kind of a guy who beats himself. He has this band around his leg that he wrenches and it has like barbs that go into his leg when he does not succeed in pleasing the priest, which is, you know, in pleasing God, he, ex- he exacerbates this pain on his body in many ways. So I had this image in my mind of, Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll humble myself. Mm-hmm. I will deny myself this stuff and I will, I will put, you're focusing on yourself. Mm-hmm. Isn't that ironic? Mm-hmm. You think you're, you're destroying your flesh, but you're actually paying a hundred percent attention to it. But instead of pleasing it, you're punishing it. Mm-hmm. And really what it comes down to is like your motive. Yeah. And, um, cause it, like we talked about before, like people that lead worship and who are pastors and get a lot of like attention. Like it's got to be really hard to fight that, um, to fight that. Yeah. Um, getting like, uh, enjoying the, uh, the attention or the accolades and all those Man, things. It's true. Let's just wrap it up real quick in 23. Indeed. These are matters that have an appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and humility and self-denial of the body, yet none are of any value for stopping indulgence of the flesh. So, okay, let's 
let's wrap it. I'm going to ask you. We are going beyond what we said we were going to do because we're talking. That's good. Our timekeeper here. Um, so I hear a lot of like, don't do this, don't do that. So what, in one sentence. Why do I get one sentence? Because. All right. In one sentence. Because I want to have like, a, for myself, I want to have a good takeaway thing that okay. I can really hold on to. Okay. Because I have a short attention span. That's why. It's because of my weakness. You may have a short attention span. You have a great memory. Okay. Anyway, um, if that if none of that helps to curb self indulgence, what is, what are like one or two things that really do? Because it's easy to read this and be like, ah, I shouldn't do all these rules. Mm-hmm. What happens a lot of time is we're like, well, none of, we shouldn't follow any rules then, because that's all taking away from. We can go too far in the other direction. Okay. Where we have no discipline. Okay. And and then we decide that we don't need to have. I got it. So, yeah, tell me. Do you want the answer? Yeah. Here it is. You ready? Verse 6 of chapter 2. Therefore, as you received Yeshua, Messiah, as Lord, continue to walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in your faith, just as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. That's the answer. Christ. Everything else that we have read the last two uh, episodes reflects on outside of Christ. But Paul says, this is like the anchor verse for the whole chapter. If, as you received Messiah, he's now head of your life. Mm-hmm. Walk in him. Walk in him. He's the focus. You're not. He's the focus, not the false religions coming at you, the false mm-hmm. teachings, the, the false humility. It's really easy to recognize false once you've had the real. Mm-hmm. And that's also why it's really important to have like wise counsel. Daily reading, mm-hmm. counsel, prayer, without a doubt that is required in your Christian walk. And if you're out there and you're listening to us and you're like, well... I'm listening to you guys. You're just, no, get in a church that teaches the Bible. Get in relationship with people who've been in the faith for a lot longer than you and and make sure that you have a community that will walk with you, support you. And is really based in the Bible. Yeah, because, you know, Paul didn't write a letter in the New Testament to isolate anybody. Even when he wrote to Timothy, it was for the church. It was meant to be shared and spread out. And every, every letter that Paul wrote was to a city, to a church that moved to other cities and was read in, 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 its, in its thing. So don't just grab yourself and, or one person and, and call it good. Don't do that. You want to walk as, as, as Christ walked? He didn't walk alone. He had 12. Paul always had companions. He didn't minister alone. We're not meant the aloneness. We are meant to be one with Christ and with each other. That's why he talked about the body. It's one body with many members held together by tendons and muscle. And all those things hold together, wrapped up in skin. And it serves one function. The body has many functions within it. The one function is to live. But how many functions does it take to live in a body? Countless functions, right? Oh my gosh. I been studying inflammation i got a paper cut yesterday and you got inflamed and i was with a mom at gymnastics and i 
I started to say what the inflammatory process is. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a nerd. Because she was like, I was like, oh, and it's on my cuticle. And she was like, yeah, that hurts. And I was like, yeah, I've been teaching on inflammation. And I had to bite my tongue. But I just was like, you know, it's... Uh, the what's your what's your peak sends a signal. All I said, I think a... I ca- I really reined it in, but I was just looking at it and like you can't even see it. Yeah. And there hurts. are so many different things happening at this. I mean, look at this a tiny space, right? Yeah. yeah. There's so many different chemicals that are being released, and so many things that are happening, and then the healing process. Yeah. And we have no idea. There's still a lot of things where they're like, it's uh, the theory of how this works is this. Yeah. I mean, there's, it, it's amazing. It is and I'm, amazing. I'm really scratching the surface and I've been studying it yeah. for a while. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, we're, well, so yeah, we're, I'm the weird mom. She's weird. She's not the weird one. She's the gorgeous mom. Though. But with other moms. With other moms, you're weird. Okay. I can believe you. Um, I, I love Colossians, Colossians too, especially, um, uh, I love our time that we get to spend together. They're, I, I feel like I could go on and on, and I'm not going to. I'm going to really rein it in. Thank you for a great week, babe. Last, this week was a good week. I know we had a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Our girls are growing beautifully. I'm so thrilled to see Emily and dance. Watching her yesterday on the... We have this... We're in the lobby, and you can see on the monitors where, what your kid is doing. And I look up there, and I see Emily, and I'm just like, yeah, that's her spot. Well, She's I have a, to give you some kudos because, you know, she was... There's so, especially when you're at like a school where there's so many different options, it's, it's really hard to like narrow down what you want to do. And then the thing is, if you do too many things then you're not like really like Nyla with gymnastics, she is really learning because she's super focused. I would die if I did the same thing over and over and over again and break it down in different pieces. It's changer. Yeah. Like she has really shown a lot of discipline for that. And so Emily, I think was getting frustrated because she wasn't like really good at, and she just started like different sports. You know, yeah. she was frustrated that she wasn't like, you know, at the top of the list and all these things. So, but you kind of encouraged me to be like, okay, so what does, what really makes her, remember like last year, yeah. like what really makes her like come alive? Like what is really, not even like what she the best at, yeah. but like what is she really interested in and excelling in? Yeah. And um, so now she, it's really exciting yeah. to like see her being able to, um, and it's her own thing, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. It doesn't have to be like they can do the same thing, but it's kind of cool when they have their thing. They can kind of um, we have a dancer and we have a gymnast, but they're similar enough that they can they can relate to it. But yeah. it's I think it's just important. Yeah, um, I, I so let's encourage parents real quick. If you if you're wondering what's up, um, just because there's a lot of sports doesn't mean your kid's going to be an athlete. Uh, Emily was hanging around athletic kids, and so she wanted to be like an athletic kid. Mm-hmm. And she learned a ton. I mean, it was since our time of dating, Emily and Nyla have, and those few people who listen to us who know Emily and Nyla, you know, they love to perform. Mm -hmm. They disappear from the family room 20, 30, even an hour, right? 60 minutes later, they come back. All right, we have something for you. Sit down. Here we go. What? And they have an entire production laid out. I asked my friends, I was like, do your kids do this? And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> it's totally do it. And now for for Father's Day and Mother's Day, now we're getting like a choreographed yes. dance. And we it's have very, all these videos. Sweet. It's like, okay, this is, what we, this is what we have for you today. And it's like, it's the best. So my, my statement in making that was, um, 
find out what that what your kid really mm-hmm. loves and see if there's a way you can get them invested into it. Yeah. You know, we're going to make the sacrifice of taking Emily to a Christian um, theater company here in Texas to to just really it's a showcase. Ways away. Yeah, but, but you know, you it's found okay. That, which is it's really okay. Cool. I want our daughters to really in this time because you know when they're 30 years old they're not going to do it there's nothing for a 30 year old but there is something right now for them and so I want to be able to instill this in them that these are god-given gifts that they have and this is actually part of what had caused us to shift to homeschool yeah it was is was really being able to like individualize because we want to spend time with them we want them mm-hmm. to grow and flourish and we want them to see god in all of this in arts in in mm-hmm. theater yeah. in in athletics in logic, it's just really cool. In science, all of the things God is so involved in our lives, and I am so grateful to homeschool. We haven't even started yet. It starts, you know, in, in, in August. I'm like, but I'm so grateful, and this is why I'm grateful because of the time that we're going to have with them, mm-hmm. what we get to instill in them, and and watch them develop. Having been in schools now, I, I taught at um, two Christian schools. Um, fourth grade, um, high school, a little bit of junior high, but I even substituted, uh, in, in Salem, Oregon, a public middle school, horrible experience. Kindergarten. Oh, I did kindergarten for a minute. Yeah. That was just for a sub. I know, but just, terrible. you've experienced. I have, but what I'm saying is I've, what I've seen is parents just go with, just hear me. I know we're busy and we work, but when we just dump off our kids at school. We, and I am guilty of this, have the expectation of safety, of activity, of um, development, of mm-hmm. not just... And so we, we come away with, now, I don't know this person sleeping in my house. I don't know this kid mm-hmm. who I'm feeding dinner to. Yeah. I don't know them. Well, I think especially when we heap on a lot of activities. Because there were times yeah, it's just busy. this past year, especially when with sports and everything that happened... Where there were times where I was like, I've during the week, yeah. I it's less than ten hours yeah. that I'm able to actually interact. That that's a that's tiny. Um, and what do you have to do for most of those hours? Yeah, as the older the kid gets, the less time you spend with them. But what do you have to do for those few hours? What are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? Get up. Get ready. Oh, I hear. Eat something. Doing. Get ready for bed. Do your homework. Yeah. Like it's not any of the fun stuff. And so what do you come, what's your relationship like? It's combative. Because all you ever do is tell me what to do and I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, we're not saying like homeschool is the only way at all. But we're, we're just saying I'm we saying haven't it. started it yet. So it. let's not. It's been in my back pocket for years. Okay. So, but um, for us just, and like, like I said, like I'm looking at Nyla's little anatomy book she's going to read. My third grader is going to be learning anatomy and physiology. Because we had lots of choices for this. I mean, there's so many options. There's not like the elementary. You have, yeah. It's wide open what you can study. Yeah. As long as you're learning. Yeah. That's the key as thing. As long as you're learning. I love that you threw that in there. And for science, because it's the scientific method can mm-hmm. be used in many different ways. So, um, but just for her to be able to say, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested. And like, she came alive when she was saying this. Yeah. Who usually, how was school? Good. Yeah, that's what you get. It's good. Yeah, and I was like, so anything that, what do you want to learn about? And all of a sudden, she's like, we dissected? And I'd heard, like, I think half a sentence about it. It was amazing. And she's going on and on and on about all the things she loved, and she wants to learn about the bones and the muscles and stuff. So, 
to be able to foster that and not be like, so you're going to learn this because this is what I think you need to learn. There are things you have to learn, obviously. Yeah, you're going to have, you the, have the foundation. Um, but it's just, I think it just empowers them more and also puts some more ownership on them. Like you have, you have to learn science. Yeah. You're going to complain if you do something you're not interested in. So what do you really want to learn about? And it gives them some responsibility too. I know that we've said that, you know. And then field trips. Yeah. It starts in earnest in August. But you know what? I I was reflecting on this and I haven't shared this with you much. But as I go back to our old pictures, I'm looking to do some of the pictures, whatever, where it shows up. Because, you know, the, the services send you, hey, remember this from seven years ago. And I think, wow, our lives have been very homeschooled with these girls. Well, just uh, how many months ago was it? We're driving to Shreveport mm-hmm. for because we've never been to Shreveport. We're like, hey, let's just go to Shreveport let's for the heck of it. it. Why not? We don't know it's Mardi Gras number one. Well, and what did I find for us to do? On the That's way? what I was getting to. We're driving, and she she grabs my phone. She puts in the mis- the mystery trip. And I get off. The, I didn't even tell you. No. We get <laughs> off the She does this a lot, guys. Oh, my gosh. She's terrifying sometimes. Terrifying. I don't want to go into the sushi conversation from last week. But we get off the freeway. We go less than a mile it's, off the freeway. It's, it's I get on. Country. It's it's super country. The road is very two lane highway road with dilapidated stuff on both sides, and we just crossed Lots the state line. Lots of cigarettes for sale in Louisiana on that state line, man. And I'm like, babe, where are you taking us? This isn't a town. This is like this is like the banjos are playing, and this is and. And she, no, just keep going a little farther. She's got the GPS. Hands. Just a little farther. It's up here on the right. Sure enough, up on the right, there's this big old fence and there's a sign. And I don't even remember what it's called, but all of a sudden, come and pet yourself a gator. What did you bring us to? She goes, oh, this is great. It's some sort of roadside animal. It's not roadside. It was roadside. It was literally on the side of the road. Okay, but it was an actual building. It was an actual building. We get out and there are 20 gators. There are, there's a, a, a heady coo. There's a, a zebra horse zorse combo. There's Z- no, zonkey. Zonkey combo. Which is the coolest name for an animal ever. It really is. I'm or it's a zonkey or a zedonk. A zedonk. So I said that, I don't remember who it was. I said it and somebody was like, oh yeah, we have one. A student has a zonkey. <laughs> I was like, what? She goes, yeah. And their other, their friend was like, yeah, they're, they they have this like crazy farm with all kinds of stuff. I, I was like, who who knew? So but my yeah. point is, I got all these pictures of going through, and I'm like, how many kids can actually say they've done this stuff that we've done? We go to the aquarium, we go to this, we go to that. This is actually homeschool stuff. I think they that's, are actually yeah. learning mm-hmm. without realizing. Over the last few years, I look back on our lives where we've traveled here and done this and seen that. Our kids have learned. Museum. Like they in don't Wil- even know Wilmington, learned. North Carolina, that it's museum. The, oh, yeah, we walked through the battleship. No, the museum. The one where we learned about how they lived. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So those kind of like hands-on or like visual things, like this isn't what an actual like house looked like. Yeah. And it's tiny and you're thinking about all these people. Yeah, it, you know. it removes Hollywood right out of it. But my point in saying all of that, just simply to say that we've been living a homeschool life and not even knowing it. Well, we've been trying, we've been we've been trying to it. squeeze it in. Yeah, and our girls know it though. It's yeah, there. but it's going to be cool that we don't have to like. So, hey, moms, dads, um, I know it's hard, but plan it. 
there's plenty of times that your community you live in, your city, your urban area close to you has dollar days and free days mm -hmm. at museums, at zoos, at parks. Make and sure to know this. Reciprocal memberships. That's right. And if you have a membership at one place, like we had membership at a thing called the Gilbert House in, in Oregon. It's like a kid's play area type thing, but it was very Never interactive. Never have to go there again. Never have to. But that also gave us access to a dozen other places mm -hmm. for that membership. So sometimes yeah. you're like, man, I want to be a member at the zoo. If you're a member at the zoo here, you're a member at a zoo everywhere. Um, that's over 100 miles away because it's like a non-compete thing. I get that. But yeah. just but the same. It makes if you're you going get out travel, though. Yeah. Yeah. So. Man, we've got, exciting. we can talk so much. We have a good life. God is good. We want to thank you for paying attention, listening. Thanks for going on with our rambling trip here. Read your Bible, pray. Read your Bible and pray. Live out your Bible. Um, men, lead your homes. Um, lead well. We, are, uh, we, we need to take back what we have abdicated in our society, men. Um, be godly. Be humble. But be on that wall. Date your wives, compliment them, buy them outfits that you want to see them in that they will shine in beauty in. I love doing that for her. She, it, I, I didn't know how to do it when I first started, but I'm pretty good at picking out what she looks great in and she loves wearing it. It flatters her that I think of her that much. So do that. Flatter your wife. Love on her like crazy. And it spreads because then people say, I like your dress. And I go, my husband got it for me. Huh? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So just that encourages other people. Model for your daughters. Gentlemen, model for your daughters what godliness and manliness looks like. And uh, I just, I have it on my heart. So um, remember this. We are lost and God is what we need. Our salvation is not based on our works. Our salvation is not based on our ability to do good. Our salvation is not based on our thoughts. Our salvation comes to us from God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Go into it. Read it. But God is holy. We are not. We have sinned against God. He has made a way through the sacrifice of his son to be our king and our Lord. We do not... We are the dirt creatures, so we do not get to um, ask him to be Lord. We are the ones who actually get to say, um, can I be yours? He, Because if you can make him your Lord, then in fact you are being the Lord. And let's not do that, people. Let's just realize that we as dirt creatures need salvation, and we need to scream from the top of our lungs, save me, oh God. So please go into your word today. Look at uh, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Lay hold of the fact that salvation is a gift of God. It is not of work so that any man can boast, but it is here for you to have eternal life in Christ. Uh, if you need any help with that, feel free to send us an email, uh, a guy, bride, Bible pod at mail.com. Go to your local church. Talk to somebody who loves you, um, who loves Jesus more than they love you. Uh, we are in these perilous days where we need more of Jesus and less of us. So that's all I've got to say about that. Thank Thanks you for, for listening to us. us. I'm Mark. I'm a guy. I'm Andrew. I'm a brain. We just got done reading the Bible.